Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 23 of MNN Sports Talk Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MN Sports Talk Pod and throw us a like on Facebook. You can just search our name, MNN Sports Talk Podcast. So, Nick, the Knicks season got underway uh, about a week ago. They sit at one and four now to begin the season. And, you know, I know the record shows that they they might be struggling, but I think they're right there, man. I think that they have a decent squad this year, and, you know, I think they'll be competitive. Competitive? I don't know, man. They're looking like a low-key bunch of scrubs out there. One and four, beans. Losing the magic? I don't know. That don't do it to me. That don't do it for me, Chief. You're talking about Wednesday night's game, and, you know, the Magic, they're a solid team. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. I know they were one of the – I think they were <laughs> – I think that they – Vucevic is, is pretty good. They have that, mm-hmm. that young guy, uh, Isaac, who's a really mm-hmm. good defender, and he's like a good two-way, uh, two-way player. Um, they, have, they have Aaron Judge's twin on the roster as well. Oh, Aaron Gordon. I was like, yep. who are you talking about? I was like, what? <laughs> But, you know, like the, the Magic, they were – I think they're one of the worst shooting teams in the league this year. Obviously, the season is still very early. Man, but they are the worst shooting team. No, well, I mean, the Knicks just had a bad game last night. And, and I've been following the Knicks very closely this year. I've watched pretty much the – like every single minute of every single game so far. And, you know, last night, I would say between last night and the game against Boston are probably the two worst games that they have played this year. You know, the game against Orlando last night, I thought that that was a very winnable game. Um, you know, their shots just weren't falling. You know, their defense was there for the most part. Um, it, it was just, I think, that their offense just wasn't there last night. They were missing a lot of shots. I believe they shot, I think they shot like 22% from three last night. And, and in a league where threes drive the game and, and everyone shoots the three now, you can't shoot about 20% from three and expect to win the game. Yeah, I they were they were getting their looks. They just weren't falling. That's the end of the day. That's how you win your basketball games. But I don't know, man. They they have the potential. They're just not executing. I don't know who that falls on. Uh, they have still a lot of time to figure things out. But as of right now, I'm not like I'm not. It's not panic mode, but I'm not. I'm not loving it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and I agree with you. And I think some of the blame has to come down to David Fisdale. I mean, there's blame to, that could go around to everyone because, you know, you know, RJ Barrett has been playing well for the most, for the most part, you know, last night or uh, last night's game against the magic. That was the first time that he had uh, like a genuinely bad game, you know, and he could have been pressing. He had a lot of family and friends in attendance. His alma mater was there with a couple of students and he was doing a meet and greet afterwards. So maybe he was pressing a little bit, but you know, for the most part, you know, Julius Randle has been okay so far as a Nick, but a lot of blame could be placed on him. You know, he's he's been very turnover heavy so far this this in this early portion of the season. And, you know, Marcus Morris, he hasn't really been doing his part either. And, you know, I'm getting a little pissed off at Marcus Morris. little side note. You know, he's, he's a role player, and he's acting like he's a star in this team because there's really nobody else around the Knicks, on the Knicks roster right now that could, you know, take that – that 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 number one role meanwhile you know I think it should be Barrett but that's a story for another day but you know Marcus Morris he thinks he's mellow out there you know just he's just chucking shots left and right and it's kind of annoying to watch um 
But other than that, you know, I, I think not having this, like a point guard, a true point guard is really hurting this team right now. And I'm all for starting Frank Nielakina right now. I know he hasn't started yet, really? but Frank, you know, the numbers don't show it, but he's actually Frank. been playing pretty well so far this season. He had a pretty good game um, last night against the Magic. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to having Frank start. I want to see what he can do. And I think, I think you know, Frank is not a, a scoring first guard. He's a guy that wants to get the ball. Um, he wants to pass the ball around. He wants to get other people involved first before he looks for his own shot. And I think that'll that'll really work wonders for this Knicks team right now. You need a guy who can facilitate the ball. You know, R.J. Barrett, he's a scorer. He's not really a passer. So to have him at point guard, you know, it might not might not work out all, all that much. So far, it's been about 50-50. You know, it wasn't really great last night against the Magic. But when they went on the – when the Knicks went on that 15-0 run to close out the game against the Bulls where they ultimately won, R.J. ran point that night. So, you know, I think for the, for the most part um, – I don't think you could have RJ being like the like the point guard of this team, but every now and then I think it could work. But I would like to see Frank start a game here and there and see what he can do with the starting lineup. How do you spread this blasphemy? Frank is not the answer. The stats don't show he's been playing well, and the eyes don't show that he's been playing well. <laughs> Frank is poop. <laughs> I would say it again. Over and over. I've been saying it since he got drafted. Frank is not the truth. He's not the answer. He's a point guard. They can't score. Can't assist. Just plays defense. He would be great in the 1930s, but not in 2019. I'd rather them go out and sign Phil Jackson right now and have him run point than have Frank out there. He (laughs) maybe look good, but soon, soon he will revert back to the Frank of old. The Frank we all know and hate. Frank, <laughs> that is beans. Do not hype up Frank Milikina. Do not do it. Oh, I mean, last night, I mean, he had a pretty good game, man. He had, he was three from eight from the field, one from three from three. He had four rebounds, four assists, and seven points. And did you see that three point buzzer beater he had to close out the first quarter? I mean, I hit those two in the gym. <laughs> oh, I, but I, I don't know. I think I think this season is going to be very important to see what Frank Nielakina could do. And quite frankly, I think this is his, this is going to be his make or break year. He needs to show that he that his offense has improved. And you know, I've been a big Frank believer from from day one. And you, you, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. I mean, should Frank have been drafted eighth overall? No, he should have been a second round no. pick. He should have not been drafted but at all. so far this season, Frank has shown signs that he can be a legitimate point guard in this league. I don't think he's going to be able to score 20 points a game, but I don't think you really need that. If he could give you, you know, 12 to 15 points a game and maybe like, I don't know, five, six assists per game, I'd sign up for that. Obviously, it's not what you're looking for out of an eighth overall pick. You're looking for a star. You're looking for, you know, a, a franchise point guard when you draft him eighth overall. But, you know, I'd accept a nice a, a nice role-playing point guard in Frank Nielakina if that if he could reach that. Oh, so you're still giving him more time? I, How many years does he I get? I think this is it. I, like I said, I think this is make or break year. That was supposed to be last year and the year before that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sold on the Frank bandwagon. I'm a pass that train. I'm going to wait for the next one. <laughs>
Well, no we'll offense. see what what ends up happening with Frank this year. But you know, there's bigger issues on this team, and you know, some of the other things too that's really hurting this Knicks team is their uh, the amount of turnovers that they that that they commit every game. You know, right now they're averaging about 18.2 turnovers per game, and I think that's way too high. There was a few games early in the season where they were, you know, causing 20 or more turnovers a game. You can't win like that when when you're when you're committing. 20 or more turnovers a game, even when you're committing 18 or more a game, you can't win like that, especially if, if you're not able to get the stops on defense because you're giving them easy points with those turnovers. And, you know, another thing, too, is the lack of ball movement. You know, for the most part of this season, there's been some good ball movement every now and then, but there's been way too many times where the ball just stops and it's just people like Julius Randle or Marcus Morris that, you know, are just not spreading the ball around, not keeping the not able to keep the ball moving. And in today's NBA, it's not really about ISO anymore. It's all about moving the ball and getting to the get it to the guy who has the open shot no matter who it is on the court. And I think if the Knicks can just stick to that and continue to work on, you know, committing less turnovers and, and keeping keep the ball moving, I think they'll be in great shape because so far this season they found success when they A don't commit a lot of turnovers in key possessions and B when they have the ball moving. And I think that's going to be huge for them moving forward. I think that has to be one of the biggest things that they work on because they have a lot of guys that can shoot. They have a lot of guys that can get that can put the ball in the bucket. They just have to now just work on the little things like not committing turnovers and keeping the ball moving. I wish you could say that and tell that to James Harden, please. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we get the ball moving down in Houston? Like, We've we've already discovered that movement of the ball, movement of the ball, ball movement is the key to winning game. Not the key, but it's very vital to winning your games. They at the media we glorify ISO ball and James Harden taking fifty shots a game. He wins MVP, but that's besides the point. The Knicks need to not tune in to any Houston games and they need to focus on moving the ball, like you said, and get the open shot. Just keep passing it until someone's open, then take the shot. Mm-hmm. I agree. Just like uh, play like you're playing too, Kat. Exactly. Just keep the ball moving. Um, but no one wants to hear that. That's not how you get big, huge free agent contracts. So. <laughs> uh, but although there are some, some negative things that we've been talking about for this Knicks, there have been a lot of positives. You know, this Knicks team, they look, they look legit. They look like they can compete, not saying for a championship, not even saying for a playoff spot, just compete in general. And I think that this is the biggest difference between this Knicks team this year and last year's team. You know, so far this season, yeah, they have one win, but in every single game, they've been down by double digits or or even even more. Like I didn't even see there was a game I forgot exactly who they were playing against, but they were down. You know, they were down 19, and they were able to storm back and make it a game. Like this Knicks team, they're resilient, man. You know, they'll they'll go down by double digits, but they don't roll over. You know, if this was last year's team, they'd be 0-5 right now. And I know they're only 1-4, but they'd be 0-5 in blowout losses. So far this, this season, they've only had one blowout, really one blowout loss, and that was against the uh, – that was against Boston last weekend. You know, last night's game against Orlando, it was a tough loss, but their shots just weren't falling. So they've only really had one blowout loss, and in every single game – they were able to come back and make it a game. This team is resilient. They're going to fight. They're not going to roll over and just get beaten anymore. And they're going to be playing some competitive basketball all throughout the year. And that's a big, big improvement than what, from what we saw last year. 
Imagine losing to a team with Markel Fultz on it. Well, he's, he's seems to have been, he seems to have revived his career a little bit. He's averaging 12 and a half off the bench for the Magic. I could do that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You could do whatever. Just I wish I could get drafted number one overall, get paid millions, and not know how to shoot a basketball. That's all I'm saying. There's been a few lineups that I that were kind of questionable throughout um, throughout the game against the Magic. Uh, you know, and the starting point guard thing too. You know, that's a that's a big issue right now for the Knicks. They really don't have a guy that they can go to and trust to be the point. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. hasn't looked great this year at all, and you know now he's he's coping with the loss of his stepmom. So he hasn't really been with the roster the past couple of days. Alfred Payton suffered the injury, so he was unavailable. And right now, you're all you're left with is with Frank Nilakina being the only true point guard on this roster, and then and then Ooh. R.J. Barrett. Who is not? Who is a shooting guard by trade, but he could play the point if he has to. But you know, so far it's looked about fifty-fifty with the R.J. Barrett point guard um, experiment. Nah, I'm not. I'm not loving the R.J. Barrett at point. He put him at point even before they were light in the point guard department, mm-hmm. and it kind of made no sense. Like I get you're trying to figure out how this team meshes and how everyone will work with rotations, but I don't know. For Fizdale, his rotations and lineups have been trash. So no, I, yeah, absolutely. I get last year they were quote-unquote tanking, but they were trying to keep undercover. But now, so far, it's starting to look like they weren't losing on purpose. <laughs> These rotations, man, I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, this roster, the roster the Knicks have this year by far is better than the roster that they have they had last year. And they have a lot of good players on this team. They have a lot of good role players. I think that they're just missing that star and that, you know, that number one option. And, you know, it's very clear that when the game comes down to the very end and like the very last few minutes of the game, it seems like the Knicks don't know who to go to in crunch time. It seems like they, no one feels, no one looks like they're hundred percent comfortable being the guy right now. And this, this Knicks team, they have a lot of good role players like Julius Randle. Marcus Morris, Kevin Knox, Bobby Portis, um, Wayne Ellington. You know, they, they have a lot of good role players. They just – none of these guys so far seem to be able to take that next step and be the guy. And, you know, for me personally, I want to see R.J. Barrett be the guy. I want to see him be the guy that demands the ball when, when you know, the shot clock is running down, when it's the last couple of minutes of the game, or when you need a go-to bucket – you know, I want R.J. Barrett to be that guy. And for the most part, you know, obviously not against the Magic, but in every game so far, he seems to be able to be that guy. You know, when the offense runs through him, and I'm not saying him being the point guard, but like when he's looked at as to be the, the go-to guy, the first option to score the ball on the court, good things happen. And whether that's him scoring the ball, whether that's him setting up other teammates for easy looks, you know, he leads this Knicks team in minutes played and points per game. And I just – I look at this kid, R.J. Barry. He's a 19-year-old kid, and, and some of the shots he's making, some of the moves he's doing to get to the rim and drive to the basket, you know, his three-point shooting, he looks like a star. And this is something the Knicks haven't had since Mello, and I'm, I'm loving it. He's homegrown from the draft. Have him for a rookie contract for a few years. This is picture-perfect scenario so far. We just need to keep building. Um, and I think it's we're past the point where these huge free agent signings will come. Like uh, year after year, uh, it seems 
They're gonna they're gonna free cap space. Get these huge signings. Ever since LeBron back in 2010, I think what they need to do is follow this formula, build around RJ Barrett, keep drafting young players, and they're they're in a good situation for the foreseeable future. But as of right now, I want to start winning some games. No, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and you know, Fizdale has to be better. And you know, not all the blame ha- gets has to go to Fizdale. You know, some of the blame has to go to the players too. You know, Julius Randle. He was their big ticket free agent signing this past offseason. He signed, a, I think it was like a three-year, 60-something million dollar deal. And, you know, he hasn't really been playing all that well. He had a great game one where I think he dropped 25 and 11. And since then, you know, his shot just really hasn't been falling for the most part. He's been a turnover machine. And I'm getting so sick and tired of him grabbing the ball, at the, you know, around the, the – the free throw line and just driving to the basket, trying to do a little spin move and end up kicking the ball out of bounds. You don't know how many times that I have watched him do that so far, him (laughs) trying to drive through three defenders, by the way, and ends up losing the ball and causing a turnover. He did that in the final preseason game. He did that in game one, game two, game three, game four, and game five. He's done it every single game and in crunch time too. And it's getting so hiring to watch he cannot be the guy you go to when you need a bucket he can't the ball sticks when he gets the ball the ball slows down excuse me when he gets the ball for them you know last night he did a better job trying to get teammates involved but for the most part so far this season the ball just goes to him and stops moving and you can't have that you can't and he's not a number one scoring option I'm sorry he's a good two good three option but he is not your go-to guy Oh, damn. Julius Randle's not a young Elijah one. He's not your savior. I mean, he's a good piece to have, but you can't use him and expect him to be the guy that's going to score you 30 points a game every night and be the guy you go to when you need a bucket late in the game, you know, maybe every now and then. But when he does the same move over and over again and all (laughs) it results in is a turnover, you would think David Fizzle would say, stop doing that. Give the ball to somebody else. Yeah, it really, it really grinds my. I know it's very early still, but it really grinds my gears is how he didn't have this energy last year when he was on the Pelicans. He wasn't doing that, but now we come to New York, where the supposed number one option because of this huge free agent signing. There's no really other big names in the team. Now we're big and strong, and now we start choking away the ball. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what is. I, I mean, granted, he played with. Back he played with the uh, New Orleans. Yeah, when well, he played with um, Anthony Davis, he, obviously, you know, he didn't really play a lot last year because he was going through his own stuff. But he also had Drew Holiday. He had a. He had better, op- like go-to options on the Pelicans than the Knicks have right now. Um, but you know, I, I agree with you though. It's like he he just became this big turnover machine, and he really needs to cut that down. And you know, it's not just him though. Um, I mean, everyone's everyone on this Knicks team is uh, has turnovers, and he's number one on the team in turnovers. But number two is R.J. Barrett at three point two a game. Randall's averaging four point four a game. But you know that that's just one of the issues here that uh, that this Knicks team has right now is like you know like the Julius Randall thing, like can't being he, he can't be the guy late in games, or if he is, he has to try something different other than that little spin around a move. But another guy that who needs to step up or actually take a little bit of a step back is Marcus Morris. You know, this dude is killing me. You know, he like, I get this Knicks team doesn't have a lot of go-to options, but this guy's out there playing like he's Carmelo Anthony, just chucking shots up, taking stupid shots, chucking up threes, chucking up mid-range. 
I get it if you're open, take the shot. If you're open, take the shot. But if you have a guy in your face and, and the ball hasn't moved at all, pass the ball. Get some ball movement. Don't just fuck up a shot. And, you know, that is the one of the biggest things besides Julius Randle's turnovers. Marcus Morris's shot selection and, and or his like his lack thereof is really pissing me off so far this season. And don't get me wrong. He's very gritty. I like the mindset that he brings to this Knicks team, but he's got to take a little bit of a step back. He's a role player for a reason. He was never the guy, so he cannot act like that now because it's only going to hurt the Knicks and himself. Nah, he's he he earned my vote after I saw him be a bully with the uh, when he threw that ball. Who I don't know who it was, but he threw the ball off that. Oh, that was in preseason. I was like. Oh, yeah. After I saw that, he could do whatever he wants. I'm about to get his jersey. He's he's my <laughs> hero. He's bringing bully ball back to New York. That I love that. So <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. I will never be mad at him just for what he did in that one moment in the preseason. <laughs> he's, he's my hero. Yeah, and like I said, you know, I definitely like his attitude. I like what he brings to this team. I like his leadership, but he just has to take a little bit of a step back on the offensive end. Just a tad. I know I don't mind him scoring his points but he can't be shooting two for 11 again like he did last night and just continue to, to shoot when it's not going in for him right now. Um, for RJ Barrett, man, I mean, he looks like a star. Can we talk about him for a little bit? He looks like an absolute no. star so far. And yeah, he had a stinker against the Magic, but in every other game, he's looked legit. He's averaging, right now, he's averaging 18.2 points per game, 6.4 rebounds a game, three assists per game, 1.6 steals per game. And he leads the Knicks in points scored and in minutes played with 36. Like, this guy, this kid right now is 19 years old. And some of the things he's doing on the court, he looks like he's been playing professional basketball his entire life. And I personally believe I personally believe that he's going to win Rookie of the Year. If he can stay healthy and continues to play at a high level the way he's been playing, I don't see why not. I don't see why he won't win Rookie of the Year, especially with Zion – missing a good portion of the season already to start the season. Yeah, I could see it happening. He's playing actually very well and I wanna keep it I wanna see it keep it going for for the remainder of the uh remainder of the season. But my pick for rookie of the year is still still holding up my uh Hirchi, uh I don't even know how to say Hachimura Rui <laughs> for the Wizards. He's he's still holding up. We're we're still there. Averaging eighteen seven and one. So he's right there with RJ. I want to see RJ follow through, but my clown twos aren't on yet. They're in the closet, but I don't have them on yet. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But did you pick RJ to win initially yeah, I have, before? Yeah, I had I had RJ winning rookie of the year. You're saying before the Zion injury? Uh, yeah. Before the Zion injury, I, I was thinking that it would be Zion. But, I mean, he got hurt. One, I mean, once he got hurt, I was thinking, all right, well, he's already missing – you know, all this time right off the bat. What's to say he's not going to be able – he's not going to miss more time throughout the regular season. So I quickly switched to RJ. But, you know, I thought RJ was, was going to make it like a competition with Zion, but I thought Zion was ultimately going to win due to the hype. But now with Zion out, I think it has to be RJ. If, as, unless he either A, doesn't doesn't keep this up for the whole year and there's other rookies that, that play better, obviously they deserve it, or B, if he gets hurt, you know, then it's a wrap for him. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for to be the number one option like yesterday. Like I don't know why we're playing games anymore. He's the rookie and he's already 
<laughs> averaging all these crazy points and only is what fifth game. So, yeah. All I'm saying is they need to they need to push forward to him. Stop playing games. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's hysterical. Where's all those haters now calling RJ a bust, saying how he can't shoot, how he's too slow? I remember in the very first um, summer league game, within like the first minute, he missed a shot, and people were saying, "Oh, he's a bust. Look at it, bust, bust, bust." And that's just typical Knicks for clicks nonsense. And look at RJ's stats right now. He's shooting 48% from the field and 42% from three, averaging 18.2 a game. Like, where are all the haters now? And, and his only weakness so far is his ability to shoot the free throws. And he's only shooting 40.7% from the free throw line. But that's been an issue for the Knicks team as a whole. You know, that's another thing that they're struggling to do as a team is hit their free throws. I mean, that's like the, the – I I'll never understand how you – a professional basketball player and can't hit free throws. That's like the same thing with professional kickers in the NFL missing extra points. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that those should be given. I, they're, it's all mental, really. Like, you're a professional basketball player. You need to hit these free throws. It's a free shot. It's all muscle memory, but somehow it just gets into their head and they miss their free throws. Yep. I feel like everyone at every position should be able to shoot like 70 to 80 percent, no matter what. At, at a minimum, like the big guys, at a minimum, 70 percent. But that's not that's not the way it happens. I, 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 don't, I don't understand how, but I guess that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I'm sure RG will be fine once he, you know, as he gets older, as he matures, as he gets a little bit better. I'm sure free throws are not going to be a problem for him career, like over the course of his career. But, you know, I'm worried about the free throw shooting for this Knicks team. And if, they, if they're going to be competitive, if they're going to, you know, compete for maybe the eighth seed in the East, I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs, but if they want to be a competitive team, you have to win the close games. And in order to win the close games, you need two things to happen. You need, A, you need to hit your free throws. If you're missing, if you're missing like, more than, like, uh, like six or seven free throws a game, you're not going to win the close games. Those are easy points. And there was already a case so far this season that if they hit their free throws, they could have won the game. And B, you need to have a closer. You need to have a go-to guy who can get you a bucket late in the game when you need it. Or when you need a bucket throughout any point of the game, you need to be able to have a guy you can trust to go and get that bucket. And, you know, like, we, like we've been saying over the course of this episode, you know, the Knicks don't really have that guy. And when, the, when it gets to crunch time, when it gets – to when the Knicks get to a spot where they need a big time bucket, it seems like they don't really like the ball gets stagnant. They don't, they don't, they don't move the ball around. They, everyone looks uncomfortable. No one looks like they want to be, they want to be the guy. And then when they have a guy like Julius Randle, who tries to be the guy, he turns the ball over every time. So I think that they should at least let RJ Barrett try to be the guy. Now that way down the line, he's already accustomed to it a little bit and able to do it. And, you know, people might be saying, oh, well, it's too early. He's a rookie. You can't do that to him. Um, you know, he's not a closer. How do we know he's not a closer? It didn't take long for the for the Utah Jazz to to let Donovan Mitchell be the closer. J, uh, John Moran has been the was the closer against the uh, the Brooklyn Nets a few nights ago. So, like, why why is it so far fetched to think that R.J. Barrett um, can be the closer for this Knicks team when they really don't have another guy on the roster who can be that closer, be that go to guy? I'll tell you why, because David Fisdale is a Cheeks coach. <laughs> That's why. Because when, when push comes to shove, I don't know. I don't understand the downside in, play, in making 
RJ, the the closer and the main guy, he heard he is basically showing you like, hey, I'm gonna be that guy soon. So why not just kind of influence his progress and kind of push it forward and make it happen sooner rather than later and give him the confidence now, so he has something to build on for the exactly. Future. And so far, he's been the best player on the court for the Knicks to start the season. So like, it just blows my mind. And yeah, you're right, Fizdale. Nobody knows right now if Fisdale is a is a good coach or not. You know, last year was his first year, and the Knicks were tanking. They weren't trying to be good last year. Everyone was under the impression that they were going to go out and get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and get the number one pick in the draft and draft Zion Williamson. So, you know, Fisdale was kind of just going with the flow, was just trying to – the focus of last year was to develop Knox, was to try to develop Alonzo Trier and Mitchell Robinson. And now this year they're expected to win a little bit. You know, again – I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're ready to compete for a championship right now. But you need to see some winning. You need to see some improvement. They cannot cannot have another 17-win season again this year. That would be looked at as a failure. Their roster is better this year. They have better players this year than last year. Kevin Knox has been such an improved uh, has has improved so much this year as opposed to last year. He's shooting with confidence. His three-point shot has been there for the most part. He struggled last night against the Magic, but everyone struggled last night against the Magic. But this Knicks team, they have to win games this year. And David Fisdale so far has t- showed us a couple things. He showed us, A, he doesn't really seem like he's a guy that can write up a play and, and writes up plays, has, has certain plays for certain people. He has shown that so far this year. Because it seems like the Knicks just play iso ball most of the time. And B, it seems like he... I wouldn't have my full confidence in him right now to see to have him figure out this point guard situation. You know, like, do we know that Fisdale can coach? No, right now we do not. But at the end of the season, we will have a good idea of whether or not David Fisdale is the right fit for this Knicks team moving forward. But I, I, I personally think it's way too early to to judge him right now. You know, we're what four or five. We're going into game six. Friday night against the Celtics. We're going into game six of his first season of actually trying to win basketball games. So it's a little too early to tell. But right now, it's not looking too great for David Fizdo, I do have to say. It's not looking great. And I'm going to have the same energy. I already know. I have a feeling that this season is going to be, it's going to be um, good for individual players. But overall, I don't know. I'm already jumping off the ship. <laughs> it's very early, but it's I'm seeing telltale signs that are that don't show a great outcome for the season. Well, I'm ready to be surprised. I'm ready to have my mind changed. But as of right now, I'm I'm very knee jerk reactiony right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> but that's that's the way I feel. I think that the the Knicks they're gonna I think they're gonna have bright spots, but I think for the most part they're gonna they need to clean up and I think they need to clean it up faster. Or not faster, but sooner rather than later or else it's I think it's gonna develop into a habit and they're gonna continue these trends on as we push forward. And I, I feel like if we don't fix things now, these little details that the same problem is gonna persist in December and January and February. So We'll see what happens, but I think they need to they need to focus on the details, get the little things right now. So then, as we progress and get better and gel more as a team, that these things will all be second nature, and you won't even have to think. About yeah, it. and you know, Nick, you couldn't have said it. I, I, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. You're absolutely correct. 
they have to work on the little things now. And some of those little things, in my opinion, are, you know, not committing so many turnovers, hitting your free throws, keeping the ball moving, stop playing ISO ball all the time. No, and and I agree. But the only thing I'm going to say about this Knicks team this year is I think that we're going to see a very good competitive basketball. Like I said before, they're resilient. This team is not going to roll over when they fall behind by a big deficit. They're going to fight back, and they're going to make it a ball game. And it just comes down to if they're able to to have that closer, if they're able to hit the big-time shots at the end of the game when they count. And that's going to be the biggest difference between this Knicks team this year, whether they can be successful or not. Tuning up, Fine-tuning up all the little things like you mentioned and then making sure that they have a closer, a reliable guy that they can go to late in the ballgame. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of good positives. We talked about R.J. Barrett. We, I mentioned Kevin Knox a little bit. You know, his improved shooting, his com- he seems to have found his confidence. Um, Mitchell Robinson, I mean, he looks like, like the real deal center so far this year. And my only concern with him and my only issue with Mitchell Robinson is his lack of discipline. You know, he needs to stop with the fouling. And he did a really good job of that last night against the Magic. But, you know, for the most part this season, Mitchell Robinson has struggled. You know, he hasn't been able to stay on the court just because of the fact that he gets in foul trouble way too early. He needs to be smarter out there because if he could just stop with the fouling and be on the court for a a long, like a, a large part of the game, he makes a huge difference. You know, he has a big defensive presence. He fights for boards. He's good with the offensive rebounds. And the only thing besides, there's two things that he needs to work on. A is the is the is stop fouling and B he needs to develop more of an offensive game. I know he was working on a three point shot this off season. Use it. There's been multiple times so far this year where he's at the top of the key and the defenders are letting him shoot. They walk away from him and he just doesn't shoot the three. And I think he just needs to start at least attempting them just to keep you know people honest on it with him. Yeah, I think he's got a little bit of a Ben Simmons syndrome where he the shot's there, but he's just not confident enough in it to take it. But I just say, I mean, if they're giving you the shot, <laughs> take it. Let it fly. <laughs> Let it fly. But And you're never going to get better at it either if you just don't take the shot at all. If you just do it in, uh, in practice and in warm-ups, it's not really going to do anything. It doesn't really transition well to the actual game if you're not doing it and with live – uh, crowds with live defense, with live everything. So I think you got to let it fly. Yep, I agree. And, you know, another positive, too, has been Bobby Portis. You know, he started off the season a little bit rough, a, a little a little poorly. But, you know, he had a, he had his breaking out game against the Bulls, his former team, where he dropped 28 and 11, four for four from three, hit two key threes late in that game. And if he can just develop some sort of consistency, I think he's going to be huge for this Knicks team moving forward. And, you know, Wayne Ellington – He's a guy who's – he's like a streaky shooter type of guy. He could, he could come in and hit three threes in a row, and then the, the next game he'll be 0 for 6 from 3. So, I mean, he's a very streaky shooter, but when he's hot, he's hot. But when he's not, he's he's very not. Bobby Portis, is he the, is he the GOAT? Is he, is he our Ray Allen? <laughs> Someone's got to be. Someone's got to be the three shooter. Someone's got to uh, get hot from – from long distance, and so far the only one that has the potential right now is Bobby Portis. I'm ready for it. I want to see all the Bobby Portis, all the points, all the boards, all the threes. Yep. 
But, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward with this Knicks team. I'm excited to see how this season plays out. I've been really excited to watch RJ and Mitch. And I think the most important thing we need to see this year is the development from RJ, the development from no- the continued development from Knox, Mitchell, Trier, seeing how Julius Randle fits in with this team. I think Bobby Portis is going to be a long-time um, piece for this team moving forward if he can get it going. And, you know, I, I want to see a little bit more from Freaky Lakina. You know, I've been – like we like I've been saying, you know, I think he's gonna have a, a really good year. Um, I want to see more aggressiveness in the offensive end. The shots will fall; they will start falling. You don't think Taj Gibson is a long time piece for this <laughs> next team? No, nah, I don't think so. Wow, I see how it is. No love. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see what happens. So I'm excited with this team. Like I said, they're gonna be competitive. They're gonna make games fun. They're they're gonna be resembled. They're not gonna roll over. We'll see what happens, man. So, you know, they can't have another 17-win season, that's for sure. Let's hope for an 18-win season. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, you've been listening to Episode 23 of MNN Sports Talk Podcast.